The Bulletin. Yep, it's bully time and it's Wednesday, which means we've just got to go after Andrew Gordy and we are lucky enough to secure him uh, because this is his slot, we feel. And I'd normally, Gords, would hit you right between the eyes with the Black Caps and Australia, but I'm going to throw a curly one at you. Uh, and it's been rumoured, yeah. it's been rumoured, Stacey Jones, the next Kiwi coach. Morning, Smithy. Morning to all the listeners. Great to be back with you guys. Um, yeah, this is an interesting one, isn't it? I think especially when you place it in the context and consider that Wayne Bennett had his hand very publicly and firmly up for this job, but they've clearly gone in the polar opposite direction, right? They, they, they overlooked the super coach, the man who is arguably the, the greatest or at least one of the greatest rugby league coaches of all time, and gone with a man who clearly has immense mana within the game in New Zealand. But the big question mark I have for me, and I just can't escape the feeling, that Stacey Jones is not a head coach. And he's given us this impression time and time again when opportunities have come up with the Warriors. He's made it clear he, he doesn't really like the idea. He doesn't like doing the media. It doesn't sit comfortable with him. He's always looked... Yeah, just a little bit out of sorts and out of place, even when he's taken over the Warriors on a caretaker role. So how's he going to go as the head coach of a Kiwi side who do always have expectations on them, right? Like, I know, obviously, Australia are, are the best team in the world, but, you know, New Zealand and the Kiwis have certainly had their moments over time. And when it comes to big tournaments, um, especially World Cups, obviously, there is, there is huge expectation on the Kiwis. And, yeah, I'm really curious to see how Stacey Jones goes, whether, whether he feels like this is a, a, a role that's better suited to him, you know, an international role that doesn't have the week-in, week-out sort of pressure that comes with coaching in the NRL. Maybe this is just the type of role that suits him. But, yeah, I'm really curious to see how he goes as a head coach. It's a really good match-up, that. I mean, because we're talking about a guy with pedigree who can coach anything, it seems. I mean, look at the way he started mm-hmm. with the Dolphins, for goodness sake. Um, and, and all of a sudden, you're matching up, up against probably one of New Zealand Rugby League's most popular players and, and a great achiever on the field as well. There's no doubt about that. Um, yeah, I mean, wonder who the people's, the absolute down-to-earth league fan, league fans, people, personal choice would be out of those two, Wayne Bennett or Stacey Jones? Well, see, here's the thing for me, Smithy. Wayne Bennett is the kind of guy who, like, for the Dolphins, it was perfect, right? Because you've got a brand-new club that doesn't have any established leadership. So what do you need in that sort of scenario? You need someone who is going to walk into a dressing room and command instant respect. Because the CV says it all, right? And I'm sure there were obviously players in that dressing room that he had had sort of contact with before and things like that. Perhaps what Stacey and perhaps what New Zealand Rugby League is looking at is they feel like their culture is so strong within the senior leadership sort of playing group that Stacey is the sort of person who can come in and almost be more of a manager and mentor rather than a coach. And I suppose that's really what you need in in any international coach, isn't it? I mean, yeah, sure, you've got your own plays and you've got your own system, but you're really probably looking to tweak combinations that already exist, um, either at club level or they've already displayed um, with the Kiwis on the international stage. So maybe this isn't the, 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 the... jump right in the deep end, I suppose, of coaching uh, for Stacey Jones that, it, like I say, it might have been if he had taken on a coaching job in the NRL. Very interesting to see how this one plays out, actually. Uh, Gords, uh, will, will the Gordy boys be in force at Eden Park at some stage this weekend? 
It's pretty exciting, isn't it? I mean, like when the Aussies come into town, regardless of the format, you, you, your interest steps up, right? And I, I'm looking forward to, to both of these series, frankly, both the T20s and the Tests, um, for, for very different reasons, obviously. The thing I wanted to touch on with, um, with you this morning, Smithy, just about this Aussie series, though, as we heard from David Warner earlier in the week, right, and this is obviously the last time that he's going to be playing on our shores um, wearing the Australian gold, and I just sort of reflect on the relationship, I suppose, that he in particular has had with New Zealand fans over the years, and, you know, we've heard him talk about that, and clearly he has a, still has a bit of an axe to grind in that regard. But, Smitty, the, the question I'm sort of asking myself is, and I'm hoping you can help me with this, is, What's happened to the last of the Aussie... There's a word starting with W that, that I probably won't use on air, but I'm just wondering if maybe David Warner's the last of them because I look at guys like Pat Cummins, Marcus Stoinis, Adam Zampa, Travis Head. I really like these guys, and I just don't know how comfortable I am about liking <laughs> Aussie cricketers. Um, but, and David Warner is so easy to hate because um, he's such a niggly little bastard. Um, and and you, you love it when he gets out, and you love kind of getting under his skin. But these other guys, like Cummins in particular, I mean, how can you not have respect for the guy? The way he carries himself, he is the ultimate modern leader of any sport, and, and Australian cricket is obviously incredibly lucky to have him. And I heard you mention it earlier, Smithy, like if they win this T20 World Cup coming up, they are the absolute kings of cricket. And when you compare them to the great Aussie teams of years gone by, you know, the what types of ones we're talking about obviously, you know, featured the likes of, you know, Ponting and McGrath and Warren, these sorts of players. I mean, you'd have to start asking yourself, why would you not include this sort of current crop of Australian players across all formats um, to be mentioned in the same breath? Like, they're not only really good, but they're actually really likeable as well. So I'm struggling with that. <laughs> yeah, it grates on you. I can, I can sense it grates on uh, Well, that means, of course, then um, David Warner's going to be a fair sort of a target in the next uh, three nights anyway in Wellington. And Auckland, of course, he won't be part of the Test Series. He's retired from that. Got a good send-off at uh, the SCG. So, OK, so let's just go a little bit more in depth here. Um, if we are to knock them off their perch, if we are perhaps to knock them off their perch, and I'm talking perhaps the, the T20 because there's a World Cup not that far away, Gords. How do we go about it? How, how, how do, what do we do without Kane tonight? What do, what do we do um, without Daryl Mitchell and without Ma, um, Matt Henry? Yeah, it's, it's a tough ask, isn't it? I mean, when, you, when you line up the two teams on paper, it looks like a massive ask. Obviously, you know, games of cricket are not played on paper. But I, I'm just looking at, at this as an opportunity for a few guys in particular to not necessarily step up, but just prove that you're actually capable of taking on and dominating. Because that's the key thing, not just taking them on, but actually getting right on top of world-class players. And I suppose the player I've got a particular eye on is Finn Allen. Um, because this guy... I don't know, Finn, Finn has, has obviously been through a lean front, but then he's, he's proven on other occasions that when he is able to dominate, he he absolutely can. And I think he kind of has a point to prove, not just to fans and selectors, but probably himself. There's probably a, a confidence, not necessarily a confidence issue, but I think if he can if he can prove to himself that he can dominate the very best players in the world, um, then what a weapon he could be for New Zealand at, at a World Cup. But yeah, I think if he... If he fails to do that on home soil, it's hard to see how he might go to a World Cup and, and be able to step up to that mark. So, yeah, a player like him is someone that I'm particularly looking forward to seeing um, deliver in this T20 series. 
And the last time Australia really played against Finn Allen in a, a T20 serious game, of course, uh, was at the last T20 World Cup, which they hosted. And he knocked over Australia in those first few overs. I think he scored 46 in about 12 or 13 balls or something outrageously quickly. Mm. And we won that game, and Australia never bounced back to make the, the finals of that competition. So they'll remember Finn Allen uh, very finely. Uh, 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 i tell you what, uh, Gorge, here's an interesting one for me. Why is, why is there no real hype about the Phoenix here? And, and with uh, another A-League franchise coming to Auckland very, very soon, mm. I, I just wonder, what, what, these are table-topping side here. They're five clear in the A-League. Are they getting due respect, or is it a timing thing? Smithy, I'm so glad you raised this, because I've been thinking about this for a while. It's not about respect, right? And I think um, for, for any team, any team in any, any sport in this country, for a long time, I think there's been this attitude is if we're winning on the field, the rest will follow and the fans will follow. It doesn't happen these days. It's about engagement. And I think what we're seeing with the Wellington Phoenix at the moment, and I've had this sort of this bugbear for, for a little while with that club, you think back to the heyday, Smithy, of the Wellington Phoenix. Now, yes, there was a period there where they were absolutely humming, and they were on the field, they were doing the business. But you think about the engagement. They had engaging characters in that team. You obviously had Ricky Herbert, who was, who was coaching the side, right? But Paul Eiffel was a character. Tim Brown was a character. Um, you had young players as well that the, the fan base could connect to. I'm talking about Marco Rojas, Costa Barbarousas, especially when he was a lot younger as well. I sort of look at the Wellington Phoenix over the last few years, and they've, they've had coaches who the fan base, and, and a wider fan base, I should stress that, a wider fan base. They don't have that sort of broad appeal like they used to. They've had a couple of players here and there, like Ben Wayne was, was one who I think, you know, you could sort of you could jump aboard the Wayne train and, and get on board. But I'm struggling to see that with the Wellington Phoenix, and I think that's the problem they've got at the moment. They're doing the business on the field, and actually they're showing they're showing in many ways that they've got real sort of elite and championship quality mentality. When you can win games of football without, without your captain, without you know, three or four key players, that's the sign of a championship quality team. But if you can't get the crowd in the stand, that means you've got an engagement problem. So without, I'm not throwing stones at anyone here, but I think what I'd say to the Wellington Phoenix from, from the top level down, they really need to look at how they're engaging with a wider fan base because they should have fans in the stand at the moment and they're not. Look at the Warriors. Like, you know, they, they don't win all the time. When they do, that's when people come out of the woodwork because they've got something to attach onto. You know, you look at, like, from off the field, Cameron George is very engaging, right? He's, he's easily accessible. He's always good for a chat and a soundbite and he doesn't mind a bit of niggle whether it's with, you know, with regards to issues within the game and things like that. But they've got players as well who, who know how to play the game. Like Dallin Martinez Lesniak's here and his try scoring feats and Sean Johnson and Roger Tuivasa-Sheik. Now there's, there's connection pieces right across the Warriors. And I'm not sure the Phoenix have that. And I think it's an area for them to work on. Gord's always great to catch up with you, mate. Um, I just love that. Uh, I love our segment and I love your forthrightness. And uh, I hope you do get a chance to enjoy some top quality cricket. I will speak to you hopefully next week before the test matches start and we'll review the one day, uh, the T20s as well. Uh, if you can get the cricket, mate, all the best. And I hope you enjoy it. Thanks, mate. Look forward to it. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. Andrew Gordy there, folks. Uh, man of. Uh, Great knowledge around uh, all sports. That's why he's been in the media and sport for such a long, long period of time in a very competitive industry. It is 10.50. Here's an opportunity to remind you to text us, please, double eight double three with your email. Your email, and uh, you go in the draw. You could win tickets to go to the cricket tonight, a double pass to go to the stadium tonight. 
And whilst I, my sermons are sometimes a little tongue-in-cheek, I really do hope that the stadium organisers look at their costs, look at this golden opportunity to bring people back to the stadium. They haven't even had to market these games between New Zealand and Australia. They're self-marketing. So please, look at your costs. Look at your experience that you're giving these people because if it doesn't work tonight, it's going to cost you a lot during the rugby season. Cricketers are bringing them to you on a plate. The Australian cricket team against New Zealand are handing stadium organisers an opportunity to make a bundle but make a statement. Please make it. Please make it a great experience for the fans. It's 10.51.